0: Hello and welcome to my chaotic mind. I'm Kaz and in this podcast I'll be sharing my thoughts, opinions and experiences juggling adult life with eating disorder recovery. And maybe there'll even be a laugh or two along the way because let's face it, being an adult is difficult enough without throwing an eating disorder into the mix. So if you're ready it's time to come with me through the looking glass. Thank you for joining me for this episode of My Chaotic Mind. I hope that you're well. Today, I'm going to be discussing the subject of family therapy. Now, although I have had an eating disorder for the majority of my life, it wasn't until I was in my mid-30s that this type of therapy was actually offered to me. I do feel this is an important topic to discuss because eating disorders affect the entire family and not just the person who actually has the illness. I cannot imagine what it must feel like, as a parent, to watch the child you wanted so much, the child that you loved and nurtured and cared for, in the grips of this insidious illness, and the feelings of frustration and helplessness because you cannot make them better. My family and I were offered something called family behavioural therapy and this is something that looks at the dynamics and the way that you interact with one another as a family unit and it helps to highlight behaviours which may be unhelpful as well as teaching new skills which can make it easier to address more complex and let's say, difficult issues within the family. For us, the therapy was a fortnightly session of about an hour long with myself, my parents and two specially trained therapists. The therapists would actually come to either my home or my parents and hold the sessions there. And certainly I found it much less daunting to carry these sessions out in a familiar and comfortable environment though it could be a little distracting when partway through the session you have a cocker spaniel bursting into the room and trying to get into one of the therapist's bags to see whether or not there's anything in there worth stealing. I also want to talk about this in case anyone out there is listening who is considering participating in family therapy. If you are the parent or sibling of somebody who has an eating disorder, I wanted this episode to be something that could maybe give you a little bit more insight. I thought the best way to do this would be to invite my parents to come along and join me for this episode so that they can give their perspective on the whole experience. So I would like to introduce you to my mum. Hello, I'm mum. And my dad.
1: Hi, dad here.
0: So the first thing I'd like to ask you both, what were your thoughts on family therapy when it was first offered? For example, did either of you have any concerns that
2: it could be some sort of exercise in proportioning blame? Yes, I think initially that was very much in my thoughts. I hadn't really been told what would be involved in family therapy, And so there was that sense that it might be very, very emotionally difficult. Um, I think that guilt does form a very large part of how parents feel before they really understand the illness. So it was a difficult decision to make to have family therapy.
1: Yes, when we went into it we still didn't know what the root cause of your anorexia was so there was still the feeling that perhaps it was something we had done or we had not done and there was a, a little bit of concern that this is what the family behavioural therapy was designed to find out uh, It didn't turn out to be the case But I I think it's inevitable that you go into uh, a new type of therapy with a little bit of trepidation.
0: Now, I find it quite interesting that both of you seemed to wonder if it might be a case of blaming the parents for my illness. And when I went into it, I was actually wondering, is it going to be a case of, okay, Kaz, this is what you have done to the family So I think we all felt in some aspect that all of us were going to have to shoulder the blame in some way. Yes. So how would you say you both found the actual experience of undergoing family therapy?
1: I found it ultimately very helpful. Uh, Going in at the beginning, we were all feeling our way and not exactly sure I suppose about um, what we were expected to do and there were lots of different exercises which we had to practice and I think doing those exercises which were structured and practicing them between ourselves without the counsellors there uh, made it easier as it went on.
2: Yes, I would agree with that completely. I think initially, um, the exercises almost seemed terribly unnatural. For example, um, one of the exercises we were asked to do on a regular basis was to hold a family meeting (laughs) where one person would be the chairman, the other person would be the secretary taking notes and we would choose different people to lead the meeting each time. Initially, that seemed to me an unnatural thing to do as a family, and yet it provided a very, very safe structure for some of the discussions that we were asked to have. And I think it proved to be very helpful in the long run but tough to start with.
0: Yeah, I would agree. The the family meetings were not exactly fun and it's not something that we have continued doing. It's a little bit formal, I think, for (laughs) everyday life, but certainly it can be really, really useful in an approach to such a difficult and potentially emotive subject. So, Dad, you already mentioned, and I think Mum did as well, that we got given several homework exercises and things that we had to do out with the sessions and we would practice those in the sessions with the therapists before we would then go on to do them by ourselves so what did each of you find was the hardest part of family therapy in terms of those kinds of thing for me, it was probably learning how to express a negative feeling, and I think that's mainly because I was far too accomplished
2: at keeping things bottled up. I would say that we felt the same thing that learning to express an unpleasant feeling was such a difficult thing to do. As your mum, I felt very weary of saying anything that might make you more ill, more upset than you already were. And it was only through practicing the sessions and understanding that by expressing what was making me feel uncomfortable and the effect that it had on me, it actually took the personal element out of it. And it's less hurtful if you're talking about a person's behavior rather than the person themselves in a critical way.
0: Yeah, and you're right, actually. It was un- learning how to express an unpleasant feeling, not negative feeling. And I think there probably is a bit of a distinction between those two things. So yeah, I stand corrected.
1: It's all right. I I think with um, eating disorders, it's an illness where everyone around you walks on eggshells the whole time because the least careless word can trigger a negative response. So we weren't used to doing that. We were used to avoiding expressing unpleasant feelings. And I think that was why it was difficult because we had to do something that we had been trying hard not to do. But the additional thing, the very important part of it, was that part of the expressing of the feeling was then going on to say, this is how your behaviour has made me feel, so that it becomes less of a blame situation and more of a situation where you're beginning to understand the impact that you're having uh, on the other person.
2: And I would really reiterate the importance of that because it, when you have managed to understand how it works and experience how it works, you suddenly realise that it's opening a safer route to be able to talk to each other than you ever had by just trying to keep everything very quiet and not express anything.
1: I, th- I think too, I, I would add that when you're avoiding expressing unpleasant feelings, you almost avoid expressing any feeling because it might be construed as unpleasant or as critical when it's not meant to be.
0: Yeah, because we all know that that little eating disorder voice will take the most innocuous comment and put whatever kind of negative spin on it, it possibly can. And I think as well, the, the approach that we took to expressing the unpleasant feelings, it wasn't emotive. It was done in a very calm and rational way, sitting down together as a group and just saying, "Okay, Dad, this is how what you said or what you did has made me feel. Sorry to pick on you, Dad, but, you know, it was more go. more like that rather than me just going, Dad, you made me feel X, Y, Z.
1: Yes, and the structure took the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. I think when you express an unpleasant feeling and there's a strong emotion behind it, the likely outcome is going to be destructive, mm-hmm. not positive and helpful.
2: Yes, and kind of moving on a little from there, another thing that it stops and that we learned was so destructive is that how often every one of us made assumptions Mm -hmm. about how the other person was feeling, what they were thinking. And Mm. by opening the line of communication and being able to deal calmly and explore, it stopped so many misapprehensions, which often led to explosive situations in the past.
1: Yeah, and I would say we had far fewer flare-ups once we were able to embrace that aspect of the therapy.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: At the outset, I mentioned that we had the fortnightly sessions with the three of us and the two therapists but there were actually some sessions where it was just the two of you and the two therapists how helpful or important did you find it to have this
1: I found them helpful there was a different dynamic obviously because the the focus of the therapy in the sessions where it was just us was us and It may often be overlooked in the treatment of eating disorders, but the close support team of the person who has the ED, which is normally the family and most often probably the parents, needs support as well. So we had a slightly different um, focus and that meant we could explore different things Mm -hmm. um, that perhaps we needed rather than specifically what you needed that helped us um i I think one of the things that uh, came out of that was the fact that we discovered that it was not our fault and that was a huge thing to be able to embrace that freed us up to help you in a way that we couldn't while there was guilt underlying all that we were doing
2: absolutely um I think the weight of the guilt that patients feel is absolutely enormous. And bearing in mind that it was the received perception when you were first diagnosed with the eating disorder that the patients had to be at fault in some way. That was back in the 90s. So, you know, the perception of what an eating disorder is, and the myriad of causes and the basic genetic predispositions have all been discovered since you were first diagnosed. So we carried an enormous amount of guilt, which... For years? Yeah, and it it was very, very distressing. So to be with two trusted professionals... Um, it really helped to be able to talk through those aspects and be open and honest in a way that was not going to be damaging you any further. And I think at the centre of anything that parents or supporters um, do is always this fear, am I going to make it worse?
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to say as well, you two never discussed with me anything that went on at those sessions and I never asked you. I certainly felt it was really important that you two had that safe space and were able to get your own support without my involvement in any way. And I certainly didn't feel any sense of being left out or anything like that. Um, And I actually think it's really, really important that all family members of someone with an eating disorder do have the option of getting some support for themselves because it's too easy to just focus on the person who is ill, but it affects everyone. Yes. Yes. And it wasn't a, a quick fix by any means but how effective do you both feel it was in actually improving our family dynamic?
2: I feel that it was absolutely transformative. It opened the lines of communication with each other in a safe way, in a way that we were secure that we weren't going to be hurting you or each other mm-hmm. and it enabled us to say things which would be helpful but in a way that was not going to cause the flare-ups, the misunderstandings of what was meant. It makes it much more difficult for the anorexic voice to twist what the person trying to help is trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I would say to anyone thinking about it that it's not simply transformative within the family unit, but it does help enormously in the way that you deal with people generally going forward.
1: Yes. Yeah, I would agree absolutely with all of that. And I would also add that one of the most difficult things for me was letting it go. Because after 18 months, we had become used to a certain pattern uh, where the therapists were there with us and they wanted us to be, as it were, sent out in the little boat on the sea on our own uh, without (laughs) them giving us the directions and holding the tiller. And... I think it took us a few weeks after they were ready to do that before we felt that we were ready to do it. It has to be done. And I think that after we did it, there was no relapse. We didn't go back into the sort of uh, pre-therapy behaviours that had been destructive. We were able to apply what we had learned in a fairly consistent way. Uh, and I think, as as you have said, in a way that affects wider aspects of our life positively.
2: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. the The fact that it was done over an 18-month period meant that it became something that was very comfortable and natural for us in our interactions with each other. So from the early stages where things needed to be practised and felt, ooh, this is a bit awkward, I wouldn't normally do this within my family, everything became very comfortable and it was letting go of our safety blanket, of the the, the supporters for us, that was the difficult thing at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say I certainly think that the family therapy has had a lasting impact on us and I also think we probably had a lasting impact on the therapists because I remember the time that I had made dog biscuits from peanut butter and because they were suitable for humans (laughs) dad very (laughs) kindly offered the therapists one each and they did take them one of them much more reluctantly than the other but yeah We gave the therapist dog biscuits. Yeah, one
1: was a cat lover, but there you
0: go. (laughs) So is there anything about the whole process that either of you feel could be changed or improved, or is there anything that wasn't covered and you feel that maybe you would have liked to have discussed?
1: I would say on balance, no, because the programme was carefully thought through, well-structured, and we were given ample opportunity in the sessions to introduce anything that we chose to. Mm -hmm. Although they would begin with uh, what they wanted to be, the outcome, what they wanted the the skill to be that we would learn that session, sometimes they diverged and they allowed us to take our our discussions uh, wherever we wanted to In fact, some of their um, perceived outcomes took three or four weeks to achieve Mm -hmm. because we had the opportunity just to go with the flow, as it were. And I I would say that having finished it, and it was some time ago, a number of years ago, that we finished it, I haven't ever looked back and said, oh, I wish we'd had the chance to do that because we are trained, if you like, skilled enough, to be able to do that for ourselves, with the three of us, and do it, I think, well.
2: Yes, I don't think there is anything that I would change. Um, I don't think there's a lot that I can add to what Dad has said, except it did occur to me, um, Dad and I were members of a carers group, um, all people supporting young people with eating disorders. Youngish people. Well, Young to us. <laughs> young to us. You are young. Um, I think that among some of these people, there was the suspicion about family therapy that perhaps Dad and I felt at the outset before we entered into the programme. And I think that... An overall view for people contemplating entering into it could be helpful to reassure them that it's not going to be that guilt fest that you're frightened it's going to be. I think more people might take up the offer.
1: I would say while I'm thinking of it that there were maybe eight eight to ten young people represented at that group overall. And we were the only parents, to my knowledge, who undertook family behavioural therapy. Wow. Yes. And I do think that we were able to help other people in the group as a result of that. But it was something that there was that suspicion, or or many of them, many of the parents in the group were sole parents. That Mm -hmm. is not to say they were single parents, but... Mums came, mostly mums came on their own without dad. And there was one dad who came without mum. And I think family behavioural therapy works best when the whole family is engaged.
0: I should just mention for listeners, because I haven't said this, mum and dad are both very happily married to each other So in the introduction to the episode, I did mention that it wasn't until I'd been unwell for a significant number of years that we were actually offered family therapy. Do you feel it would have been beneficial to have been offered it when I first became unwell? Or do you think that you might have been more resistant to it? Because certainly teenage me would not have wanted to engage with it At all?
1: I would say that it wasn't available when you first became ill. Back in the 90s, therapy was all about feed you up and let you go, uh, as far as I remember it. And we didn't understand enough about the illness, you didn't, I don't think the therapists did at that time to be able to engage in a constructive way. When it was offered, it was offered as part of a programme, it wasn't offered at the beginning. I think they wanted us to understand the illness. We had a number of sessions that were not classed as family behavioural therapy, where it was just the two of us and a counsellor or two. And we discussed our feelings, we discussed our our history, our backstory, um, things that we had done that we felt may have impacted on you, things that we hadn't done that may have impacted. And I think we had to develop a certain level of understanding and confidence in our own situation, as I say, being able to to lose the guilt and moving towards that was a big part of it. I think they judged that we were ready at about the right time. I don't think it's something that would be good to do as the first thing because you you need to have an understanding and, and be comfortable talking with each other in a more frank and structured way than you normally would because eating disorders produce strong emotions all round and the strong emotions really get in the way and I, for one, would have been much more... Uh, emotional, emotive in the early days because Dad's a fixer and Dad just wants to get it sorted. Um, So I would have been not ready at the start. I had to learn a lot before I was able to take on this new therapy as it was.
2: I would wholeheartedly agree with that. At the outset, I really knew very little about eating disorders. And like most people, I wanted a quick fix. I wanted my daughter back to the person that I thought she was and obviously hadn't understood at all how bad things were for you and what was happening to you. And I had no real understanding of how eating disorders work and I think it was only through being educated by the support services over a period of time that we were able and felt safe enough to open ourselves up as a family to undertake the family behavioural therapy. It's not an easy thing to embark upon and certainly not when you you don't really understand what the illness is and how it affects the young person involved.
1: Yeah, because it's not about a quick fix. It's about fixing certain things that are wrong, but ultimately it's up to us to finally fix them. We are given guidance. Uh, We are not given solutions.
2: I think, to the idea of... Making our loved one better. We wanted you to be made well and whole again and quickly. And through our journey, we have learned that that has got to happen in your time scale, not yes. ours. Yes. And our role in this whole journey is to become as effective in supporting you at whatever stage you happen to be, as we possibly can. And at the outset, we didn't understand that at all. So you've both mentioned
0: um, that back in the 90s, there wasn't the same understanding of eating disorders as there is now. But how much do you feel the fact that I was in my 30s actually impacted on family therapy, if I had been a teenager when we did it, do you think it would have been as effective?
1: No, and certainly not if you had been resistant to it. All parties have to engage and engage honestly and as fully as they can with the programme. Otherwise, it's going to be a waste of time.
2: And I would second that... When you are dealing with someone who is still a minor um, there are different techniques that support services will use. For an adult you actually have to come at supporting the person in a completely different more grown-up way and so the person who is suffering from the illness has to be at the right point too.
0: So the final question that I'd like to ask you both, what would you say to other parents or family members of someone with an eating disorder who are perhaps anxious or undecided
2: about whether or not to actually do family therapy? I would say to them that their anxiety is completely natural. Um, But if they are at a point where support services are offering this opportunity, I would grab it with both hands and accept that it is going to be a lengthy process that's going to demand commitment from All participants, but the rewards far outweigh anything that might be perceived as difficult.
1: We were able to approach it positively, knowing that it wasn't going to cure you, but was going to make the situation less uncomfortable, shall we say, for all of us. And if you're going to do it, if you're offered it, go in with a a positive mindset not expecting miracles but the outcome will certainly in our experience be better than if you hadn't done it and the more you put into it in terms of practicing the skills that you are taught at the therapy sessions the more you will get out of it it's it's as straightforward as that if you don't feel ready to do it Ask the questions of the people who are going to be administering it, your your support team, um, the professionals, and find out enough about it to make you comfortable that you can engage. But as I said before, all parties have to be able to do it. There's a certain amount of benefit in doing it if it's just the parents, but the best outcomes are with the whole family engaging.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think family therapy as we experienced it was very comprehensive. I think it it really did seem to cover all bases. I can't think of anything it didn't touch on. And at times it was difficult and we certainly did have to work for it. Um, It wasn't a case of here's what we'd like you to practice or here's your homework, and we'd go off and do it once. We'd have to do it several times through the week. And we'd all have to make that effort to do it. But I certainly think it's so worthwhile because I feel we have a much more open and honest relationship. Yes. I just want to say a huge thank you to my lovely parents for joining me for this episode and to you for listening. If there are any topics you'd like me to discuss with my parents in future episodes, you can let me know via Instagram DM. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week and that I'll see you back here for the final episode of Series 1. You've been listening to My Chaotic Mind with me, Kaz. Please do rate, share and subscribe to this podcast if you have enjoyed it. You can follow me on Instagram at edpodkaz. That is C A Z. Please do feel free to send me a direct message on there if you want to. And I hope to see you back here soon for the next episode.